Hey everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit Sessions. My name is Danny Pomploon, and I'm your host. Session 48. Again, it like still surprises me every single time. I know I just said this like in the last episode, but it still surprises me. Anyway, um, today, so if you guys listened to the show last week, um, last episode I had Stuart on the show, and he actually gave me this intro to this dude, Andy, who has done this incredible, incredible, incredible uh, photography journey uh, with yogis. And, you know, you, you would think like, okay, like, you know, Instagram yoga is like people on a beach and blah, 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 blah. Like he actually dove deep down and found some really, really, really cool stuff. Most of the stuff that we don't really think of as like the typical everyday yogi. It is a great project. This guy is, I mean, his his his, his photos are just on points. Um, it was really fun to get to talk to him, but it was even cooler to get to look at his stuff. Um, so I'm going to leave his links for sure uh, down in the show notes. Um, and then last but not least, I know I keep saying it, but I've got a retreat coming up in March of 2019 to Bali. There are still a few spots left. Um, we're going to be going out for a week, making some new friends, doing yoga two times a day, hanging out, a little eat, pray, love. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions on that or information that you want, you can check out my website. Of course, we always want to thank our friends over at SF Yoga Mag. Hey, Deidre. They're so cool over there. They just love us and we love them back. Without further ado, here goes session 48. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I actually uh, just got back home. I was gone. Well, I was gone for like three weeks. I was back home for like 10 days and then I was gone for another week. Right. <laughs> so it feels good to sleep in my own, uh, in my, on my own bed, I should say. I'm sure. Are you in San Francisco? Yeah, I am. I'm in San Francisco. I was in LA doing a training, uh, yoga training, and now I just got back home and back to the grind, as they say. Yeah, that's good, though. It's nice to enjoy what you do, so... Uh, it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't suck. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, let's, let's talk about you. I, so I got a reference, uh, for, for, uh, about you, uh, to come on the show. Um, and, um, I was sent an article, uh, that you took all these pictures of yogis, like pretty much all over, like what, let's how, how, what, when, and where, how did this go down? Yeah, well, uh, you're referring to my book, which is uh, Serpent in the Wilderness, which is basically a body of photographs that reflects my own personal explorations of yoga uh, as a photographer. So um, I have a pretty intimate relationship with yoga myself, just having practiced for since probably 2004. Um, and so there reached a certain point where I felt like there's something going on here that I want to talk about using my work. And so um, I just really started with some basic questions and kind of a a rough structure in my mind to um, look at Patanjali's Eight Limbs of Yoga and start to, um, you know, kind of explore those as a, as a visual framework. Um, But as I started to make pictures and, um, kind of dig deeper, that framework kind of disintegrated and it became a much, much bigger project and a much wider um, scale. So 
you know, I started to spend time with, you know, the Hare Krishnas and Bhakti Yogis and Bindravan or Govardhan in, in India. Um, I spent a lot of time in California with different yoga communities um, all over the United States, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a bit of time in, in China um, and in Mexico as well, making pictures, looking at kind of the whole spectrum of, of yoga um, from both a historical point of view, as well as, uh, you know, contemporary practices in a more Western type environment. Um, yeah. These two different ways of maybe expressing yoga internally are essentially the same. There's really no significant um, difference. In fact, the man that I spent a lot of time with in the foothills of the Himalaya, who lives in silence in a cave, could be having the exact same experience as the lawyer who just got off work and checks into their studio for a 5.30 p.m. class. I mean, inherently, if you're doing the same practices, um, they lead us to the same place. Sure. So, so what, I, I guess let's, let's dive into, you've been doing photography for how long? Well, you know, I started in high school, um, and working just in a traditional 35 millimeter dark room, um, you know, kind of continued that in university a bit. Um, but I don't really think that my formal education played a really big role in terms of this body of work. Um, sure. I feel like most of my um, photography that's it's kind of in the realms of documentary, kind of in the realms of art, um, and. You know, it's it's really about trying to investigate things that I'm interested in in a in a deeper way, um, and you know, trying to um, in this case make pictures of an internal experience of a transformation, which which is a challenge using a medium that keeps me on the surface and on the outside of things. Um, so it required coming up with some different strategies to. Um, allow the viewer to uh, understand that there is something going on beneath the surface here and that there is something more profound to yoga than maybe the outer expression. Um, And so, um, you know, there was, there were some periods of time where I had to figure out, well, is this picture doing what it needs to do? Is it there? Is it transmitting that, that deep peace that I'm sensing in the room. Um, it's, it's really more important to me that, that the person who's meditating before me or the person who's doing some Kriya or some meditation uh, that mm-hmm. with a mantra or something, that that be transmitted uh, in the photograph too. I mean, of course, I'm using aesthetics and, you know, photographic ideas to kind of show that, but it um, wasn't always the easiest um, process. Um, so, yeah, the way that I'm working with photography with this project is, is kind of different than maybe some others. Um, you know, I'm, I earn my living through photography, working, you know, in advertising and doing, um, you know, editorial type work for magazines and, and things. But that's oftentimes with a very specific brief and a very specific set of parameters that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. This was much mm-hmm. more profound and much more self-directed. And, um, you know, it was about five years of making photographs, looking at 
yoga in its variety of forms and and kind of being introduced to the next place I needed to go by you know people that I was working with so you know maybe the certain swami would say oh you need to go see this person in this town and then I I would I would go there and um one thing kind of led to another um in a really beautiful way um it was really uh, incredible how things opened up um in time um you know i that was yeah, going to be my my next uh, my next question actually was when you so you know you started this project and you decided right let's go to it and 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 for the people tuning in I'm I'm going to link the um the article in there because these photos are insane I mean they're they're beautiful they're they're done so well but when when you first started like how you know what the, the, I guess the the concept of like the finding the people and the different places that you traveled to like how did it come about like where did your first one where did you decide, okay, this is the first person I'm going to go shoot. And, you know, how did it kind of, uh, how did they all like bleed into each other? I know you just said some people kind of gave you references and you kind of just bounced yeah. around from there. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of research initially kind of thinking about, well, what am I trying to say? Where might places be that I can, you know, at least start. So did, did a lot of reading. Um, I, I went on a couple different retreats in Mexico. Um, I wasn't actually participating in the retreats. I was there just to photograph uh, retreats. So these were, you mm -hmm. know, Westerners mm -hmm. primarily going to a beautiful location and, and, you know, practicing asana and eating nice food and things like that. Um, you know, really, right. really nice conducive environment to peace. Um, sure. Then I went to India maybe um, a month or two after that. Um, and I spent some time in Rishikesh, which is a very significant place in the world of yoga because it's, it's a place that for many, many millennia, yogis and saints have gone to spend time in meditation and spend time um, working on self-realization. And so it's still considered a, a holy place in the world of yoga and maybe the home of yoga. Uh, yeah, it's a. I, I went for my first time this last year. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a place I went early on. Um, I kind of had a rough itinerary um, planned. I was at the International Yoga Festival, which happens at an ashram I tend to spend a lot of time at called Paramartha Nikitan. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. on the banks of the Ganga. Um, and so I, I met a lot of people there. And, you know, I was definitely immersed in my own practice as well as photographing it. So kind of switching back between this person who was, you know, doing a lot of yoga and, and then also kind of trying to document it. And I think that that had advantages because I kind of had a sense of when it was appropriate to stay somewhere, when I needed to move on. Um, just a more subtle awareness and being more tuned in to, um, you know, what's really going on before me, both as a, as a person who's on either side of the lens. And so right. um, the yoga festival um, introduced me to a lot of people. And, um, and then I would get invitations to um, different schools of yoga in India or to different temples or different places. And, and so that was kind of the beginning, um, of, of a lot of the work as, as the pictures became more mature and more successful overall, 
it was a little bit easier to get access to places because um, people, when I, when I wrote to them and said, hey, I'd really like to come and spend some time with you and your community, um, they would be like, oh, this, this person is serious about what their intention is and, and they, they right. got something to show. Um, so it became a little bit easier. Um, you know, BKS Iyengar was challenging to be able to get access to. Um, because I come from an Iyengar tradition, I had kind of this lineage and this connection to him in a pretty direct way. And so I was just very persistent. And, um, and one day I just got an email, uh, it was, it was in December and I, and he said, come, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like to have you for a few days. And that was when he was 94 years old and, and I went to Pune and spent a few days at his yoga center and he wasn't teaching a whole lot. He was more just doing asana himself and kind of being there as a presence for his students you know, occasionally, you know, going over and helping or adjusting different people or, you know, giving advice. Um, and then of course, lecturing and things in the library. Um, at 94. So he, yeah. 94, <laughs> 94. He had an incredibly sharp mind and just wow. a really deep love of yoga. We did an interview that was, it was so wonderful. It just, he was so excited and animated, um, all the way to the very end. Um, you know, had a vigorous, vigorous long life of health and vitality and um, and in many ways it was just kind of a um, an inspiration you know to be with him and to just see that commitment and that love you know not only love of his students but just love of of all that yoga had given him and so, yeah for sure for sure yeah, so that was you know one really special occasion but there were many special occasions where I, I had to just really be like, I can't believe I'm here, that this is happening, that, you know, the Swami serving me milk and fruits and nuts, or um, this person is, you know, living in this um, remote mountain environment in silence, and I'm spending time sitting with them and, and sharing food together, you know, just really some some pretty magical things, both, both in the East and in the West, you know. Um, there's yoga happening everywhere and it's profoundly transforming humanity. Um, even if it's not what we hear about all the time in terms of the mainstream right. media or through other outlets, it's, it's really incredible what's happening right now. Um, what was the hardest part of this project? Hmm. Cause I'm sure you had to have, I mean, you're going, you're going in your, you're photographing yogis. And so the environments have got to be, you know, a little bit crazy and also, you know, trippy to say the least, but mm -hmm. there's got to be some challenges that come up with that. Yeah. You definitely had to be pretty sensitive and tuned in to what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, you, for sure. You know? I mean, I did not want to be a disruption to people's inner work. And so mm -hmm. a lot of my process was kind of you know, knowing when to move, when to move on, um, what's going on before me, how, how long do I need to stay? How close can I be? So just kind of mm -hmm. almost in a yogic state myself so that I can, you know, transmit what I'm talking about. Um, but in terms of the overall project, that wasn't so much, uh, you know, a major challenge. I, I think that 
trusting that what I was doing was going to get me to where I needed to go um, was I think the biggest thing like like really believing that this was worthwhile and that this was mm -hmm. um, something that I should return to and um, just you know a lot of times I was just listening to intuition and listening mm -hmm. to yourself and saying you know that river was really nice tonight, but I think I should go back tomorrow night because maybe something's going to happen there and right. um, it might be better. Maybe it won't be, but just kind of reading things and, and feeling it out and, and working on that level, but then not trusting that like, this is going to, this is going to result in something, you know, um, you know, everybody wants to say that they're not doing things for the fruits of their labor, but ultimately I had a vision and an idea of where I kind of wanted this to go. And that's ultimately to be a book and to be an exhibition so that people can have an experience of yoga on this deeper level, you know? And so I really wanted to, um, you know, be able to um, help others to kind of go there to say, oh, this is yoga. This is, this is something different than I've ever experienced or known, you know, yeah. they're like, wait, there's no Lululemon in these pictures. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's, you know, very, very few pictures that seem like uh, what you would expect maybe a yoga picture yeah. to be. And that was very intentional. Sure. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think uh, a picture of, uh, you know, a beautiful woman in soft light doing a very, advanced asana is really um doing much for us it's so predictable and right. cliche and it's also just not really getting at what i'm trying to talk about so so well and it's only one light one light of you you know it's like only one part of it and there's so many different layers you know yes and and i think asana is wonderful and i and i actually you know i have no problem it's very useful to me, especially if I'm intending on, um, you know, sitting and meditating, I think doing a bit of asana and kind of, uh, using the body can just help you to settle in and to be a little more receptive and to listen deeper. Um, so it's a very effective thing and it's not going anywhere. It's just, that's not where it ends. It's kind of in my mind, the entry point to the more, uh, subtle realms of yoga and so so I wanted to encourage you know people to kind of reconsider maybe what their what their definitions are and what the boundaries of yoga are because there really aren't too many <laughs> you know it's, it's it's a vast topic you know how did this affect or change this is, I guess my, my last question I was thinking about this as you were as you were saying like what like meeting Iyengar how did this change your practice or affect your practice? And, and it's, I mean, that's gotta be cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was humbling. You know, I definitely, um, made me realize that yoga is a lot more vast and a lot deeper. And, you know, my understanding, even though I've maybe spent more time than a lot of people focused on, you know, learning about it and, and trying to, about these things it just made me realize that there's always another layer and always um something more that you can learn something more that you can mm -hmm. kind of um you know soften um you know quieting the mind so that that information can come that you can be receptive is really an important thing so i i, I feel like 
with with this project it made me realize that i don't know much and that you know <laughs> there's really going to always be work to do this is the work of an entire lifetime you know for sure to, yeah. to be you know walking with integrity and and trying to just you know live uh, a whole life as a human being you know i mean if if the yoga is not really changing us on a deep level in terms of our relationships in terms of the way that we're engaged with those around us it's not really um it's not really what it's about you know you're missing something it, it's it's intended to do that <laughs> it's intended to bring us into a, a place of harmony and um and that's not to say that you know I don't continually struggle with different aspects of yoga. It's, it's, it's like an ongoing process. Um, you sure. know, in fact, the, the more subtle your awareness becomes, the more you catch yourself doing things. And so um, there's, no, there's no running away. It's just you have to kind of continue to recommit <laughs> and keep moving. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a... It's a wonderful experience, but it's not the easiest path, you know. And so, yeah. Um, so the photographs, you know, really brought me to where I needed to go as a human being, um, you know. And and I think that they have a broader um, message than just my own experience, but they're definitely my own kind of walk, where I was led to, what types of um, practices I was drawn to. Um, and, um, you know, I'm really grateful for this opportunity um, to, to make photographs of something that's so beautiful and profoundly transformational. That's awesome, Andy. I am, I'm so stoked to, to even get the chance to talk to you. I, when I saw the article, I was like, this is so epic. And I mean, the pictures are one cool but two like the story just makes it that much better <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. you weren't just like yeah. oh, i'm gonna go snap some photos and call it a day <laughs> like mm -hmm. there's like so much yeah. more that that like goes into it so your book is yeah. um your book is out and it's available where i mean i'm, I'm gonna link the stuff for sure in the notes but where, where can we find it yeah you can get it through my website which is andyrichterphoto.com okay um and then you can also get it through, you know, Amazon or anywhere books are sold. If you just search for Serpent in the Wilderness, you will find it. Um, you know, if you're in Europe, you would probably get it direct from Keher Verlag, which is my publisher. Um, and, you know, I try to, to provide context in the book, you know, but not too much. I want it to be a visual experience, but in the back, there's kind of this index that gives you some of the background and the historical significance of some of the different places I'm in. So, cause people want to know that, like you say, it's, it's kind of an important part of the, the thing. I mean, the photograph is one level of understanding, but there's all this context. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to, you know, bring those two things together with as few words as possible, but to give you what, what you seek, you know, yeah. that makes sense. And that's also a reason that I like to go to the exhibition openings and give talks, you know, before these um, shows open, because it just allows the audience, if they're interested, to come and to like really to learn more and to, to have, you know, get some stories and, and kind of engage in a, in a deeper way.
So. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Andy. It's, it's truly has been a pleasure and I'm excited to get the book myself now. <laughs> I yeah, can't wait. Thank you. I hope, hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, just, um, be in touch and, um, keep up the good work that you're doing. Awesome. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I'd say, you know, same, like, I love this. I, you know, I always tell people like, this is not just a thing for me. It's, it's actually my life. Like I love this thing. And I, and you were saying it earlier. Um, but you, you know, there's a lot of change happening in the world because of yoga. And, and I always tell people jokingly, but also seriously, like I, I truly believe that, you know, I'm trying to save the world one down dog at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's an incredibly wonderful experience to come into harmony with yourself and with others. It's really, I don't know what else could be more. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, I started as like the, you know, the, 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 the really heavy asana guy. And now I'm like, I've got a singing mantra and I'm, you know, playing the harmonium and I'm sitting a lot more. And it's, it's just cool to see how this practice really does change us and how, you know, like the way you can also capture it as well. So, so thank you for doing what you're doing as well, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Until the next Yogi Misfit session, this is Danny and Andy saying peace out.